You are listening to the Pine Law Church Podcast, where believers in Jesus Christ are seeking to know God and to be fully known by God. As always, we thank all of our listeners for your faithfulness in supporting the ministry of Pine Law Church. You can give online by going to tithe.ly. We pray that you are blessed by the hearing and the reading of God's Word. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is the Word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's called Strong in the Lord. Uh, and we are, we've been in this thing for several weeks now. We're in week seven, uh, and we're focusing in on this armor of God as Paul lays it out. And we're calling this series Strong in the Lord. And I pray that our time together over these last several weeks has been meaningful uh, for each of you. And I pray that uh, it has been a blessing to you. I know it has been a blessing to me um, as I've dug into this passage that is timeless, that I've heard again and again in my life. Uh, throughout my life, I've heard it many times, but in studying each week uh, for this series, uh, it has truly strengthened my faith, and uh, it's truly challenged me to go deeper, to examine uh, the things that I use um, as I go out into the world to defend myself from attacks and to engage in, uh, in this spiritual battle that we are in, and, uh, and really, honestly, it's changed the way that I look at the world and the way that I do life, and I pray that it has been uh, the same for you. Uh, as I mentioned before, we've, if, if you've missed the previous weeks, you can go back and listen to some of them and sort of catch up. Uh, we're, we've got one more week after this week uh, to talk. And actually, I was going to share with you, too, that we, since we've started this little podcast, I was telling Molly last night, we had somebody from Singapore and somebody from Russia that listened to it. And I was like, I have no idea where that came from. I don't care if you're listening and you're in Russia, we're glad you're with us. If you're in Singapore, we, we are glad that you're, that you're here and you're listening. So if, if, wherever you're listening from, if it's on your porch, if you're driving down the road in your car, uh, if you want to hear the, the previous messages, you can go back and check those out. Um, however you're listening, wherever you are. But I pray that this has been a fruitful uh, series for each of you, a time of listening and a time of discerning uh, and learning about the tools that God gives us uh, to defend ourselves against the attacks of our spiritual enemy. As I mentioned, we've got this message and one more in this series. Uh, and today we're going to be focusing on the last piece of armor that Paul offers 
uh, per se, the last piece of armor that Paul offers us in this letter uh, to the Ephesian Christians, and it's the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. And this is one of the most crucial pieces of armor for us to take up. It's the most crucial, one of the most crucial pieces of armor in our lives. Paul says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this piece of armor is unique for a couple of different reasons. But if you read through Ephesians 10 through 18, you can see that it's the only piece of armor that Paul explicitly defines. He goes to great lengths throughout the book of Ephesians to talk about the other pieces of armor. But in this passage, he says it is the sword of the spirit is the word of God. He tells us exactly what it is that he's talking about uh, in this passage. But this piece of armor, Paul tells us, uh, it, we, we've talked about the, the, you know, the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth. And Paul tells us explicitly and specifically, this is what it is. It takes our focus off of everything else that we've paid attention to uh, and says the most important thing that we rely on is the very text that you're reading. The most important thing in our lives. We read these words and we begin to understand that the very book that we're holding as we're reading this passage in Ephesians uh, and the words of the prophets and the words of the, the wisdom literature and the gospel writers contained in the pages of Holy Scripture is the sword of the Spirit. It is the Word of God. Another thing I want to bring to your attention that's unique about this passage today is the fact that every other tool that Paul mentions throughout this letter is a defensive tool. The shield and the breastplate and the helmet that are intended to protect uh, every other piece of armor uh, that we embody uh, as we go out into this spiritual battle are tools that are intended to protect us and to defend us. But the word that Paul mentions is described as a sword. It is a weapon of offense. It, it's a, a weapon that we look to not only to withstand the attacks of our enemy, but to advance our own attack into enemy territory. Uh, and we can begin to understand that it's not always about taking a defensive posture. It's not a sort of passive truth that we always embrace where we sit by and hold up our arms in a defensive stance to protect ourselves from the attacks of the enemy. The sword of the spirit is the tool that we need to engage above and beyond our defensive measures that we put in place as we go out and we take the offense against the schemes of the enemy. Uh, and I wonder how many people here today feel like you're under attack. I wonder how many people throughout this week or even this morning woke up and, and came to church and felt like you were under attack, like things you're, you're sitting by and watching as things are deconstructed in your life that you've worked so hard to build, or you're watching uh, as a spouse or a loved one is struggling through something that seems hopeless and maybe you feel like you're just under attack and you're being beaten down. And I wonder how many of you are feeling beaten down and lost uh, and maybe you want to take the offense, but you're not sure how 
Uh, and if that's where you are today, then I pray that this message speaks truth into your life. Uh, I pray that this message is one that rests firmly in your heart and gives you the tools you need to take on that battle. Uh, so one thing I want to share with you about the sword of the spirit uh, is that Paul uses a specific word to tell us what this sword must have been like. He uh, tells us, he uses a specific word. When most of us think about a sword uh, in ancient times, we think about this big, giant, heavy piece of metal. Uh, they would have been known as a gladius, actually, back in ancient times that you had to hold with two hands, a big, giant, four-foot sword with a double-edged blade and uh, this huge piece of metal. Uh, and that would have been called a gladius, and it was heavy, long, had a, had a double-edged blade and an ornate handle, and would have had the soldier's name engraved in the metal. Uh, but in Ephesians, Paul actually uses a different word to describe the sword of the Spirit. He specifically uses the word makaira. And, and a makaira would have been a much smaller weapon. It would have been a much smaller sword sometimes even called a large knife it would have been a much smaller weapon that you could have uh, carried alongside you as a soldier uh, and, and in hand-to-hand -hand combat in one-on-one -on -one combat the soldier would be able to hold their shield with one hand and hold their makaira in the other hand and do battle uh, in up close one-on-one -on -one combat it was incredibly sharp and it could be drawn quickly and paul is telling us that we need to understand that there are times in our lives when our enemy is going to be up in our face, right on our heels, in our space, sometimes when we least expect it and we need to be quick to draw, we need to have this close to us. Our, the sword of the spirit needs to be something that we can draw quickly, something that is there to defend us and something that we can take up uh, while still having a hand free to hold our shield, the shield of faith. Uh, these are the times when we wake up, the times when we least expect it, when our enemy is in our face and attacking us, these are the times when we uh, wake up and we realize that we're inundated with these attacks from every direction. Uh, when things seem to be falling apart and we feel helpless, uh, Paul in verse 13 actually calls it the day of evil. He refers to it as the day of evil. And this is what the Bible is is telling us and and then we're told that we need a tool in our armament that we can always rely on not just for defensive measures but also to take on the offense a tool that can be drawn quickly give us the fortitude and the power not just to stand back and during the attacks but to move forward even when it feels like we're stuck the sword of the spirit is the word of god so i want to share with you a few ideas from scripture about what exactly this means for each of us uh, because there's actually a few different words that are translated in our scripture to mean word. There's more than one. Uh, there's actually three different words that are translated to mean word in the English language. And so I want us to look at all of them as, and how they relate to our walk and how, how they relate to our participation in this battle. The first thing is this, uh, we need to be immersed in scripture. One of the Greek words that is translated word is the word graphe. 
It actually means the written word. It means the words that are on the pages, the inspired words that are contained in the Bible. And uh, we are to take up the sword of the Spirit by reading and studying and immersing ourselves in the written word of God. I recently read a thing by Charles Spurgeon, and he said, uh, he said, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. And what a beautiful word that is. I wish I'd come up with it. A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. That's good, isn't it? We need to be immersed in the scripture to the point that the pages are tattered and torn and falling apart and there's marks all over it. Uh, when the pages of our Bible are tattered and torn and falling apart, more than likely we are not falling apart. Uh, this is our holy text, our holy script, our sacred text. As Christians, we believe wholly and fully that everything necessary for salvation is contained within the pages of our Bible. And, and if we're not studying it, if we're not living in it, if we're not immersed in it, then I wonder what we're doing. I love how John Wesley talks about this. He described our relationship with reading the Bible as searching the scriptures, not just reading for understanding, uh, but searching the scriptures. And it actually uh, is considered in our tradition a means of grace where we can truly experience the grace of God uh, as we search the scripture. We are taking up the sword of God, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. If you uh, read through Matthew 4 and Luke 4 about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, uh, there's a perfect example why we need to be immersed in the scripture. Uh, the enemy says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. He, our spiritual enemy quoted Psalm 91 to attack our Savior. Like The fact that our enemy can quote and know Scripture, knows it well, tells us that we need to be immersed in it. The second way that we take up the sword of the Spirit is when we profess our faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the second Greek word that translates to mean word is the word logos or logos. Uh, it's best defined as it relates to Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The, the sword of the Spirit is Jesus Christ. John's Gospel, we hear it around Christmas time every year at least. Uh, if you don't hear it any other time of the year, he, he begins his Gospel by saying, In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. We take up the sword of the spirit that is the word of God when we understand that Jesus Christ is the word of God. From the first day of creation, he's been present uh, as God breathed life into the dusty nostrils of Adam. Jesus Christ was there uh, creating and redeeming and sustaining all things. Uh, and the final word I want to point out to you that translates word is the word rhema. That's another Greek word that's used. And it's actually specifically 
the word that Paul uses in his letter to the Ephesians is specifically this letter or this word that Paul uses as he's describing the sword of the spirit. This is how he says uh, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. He's telling us that the rhema, the word is our weapon of offense. Rhema is the utterance of God at a particular time for a particular people with a particular purpose for your life. Rhema, as Paul describes it, is those times when you're listening, when you come to church maybe, or go to church and maybe your pastor is talking or somebody's talking and you think, is the church bugged my house and tapped my phone. You know what I'm talking about? There's moments where you're thinking, Some, somebody's been listening on my conversations. Rhema is the word of God that is spoken to us through the text with the living embodiment of Jesus Christ translating and pointing to us a truth that transcends space and time. It's those moments when you're shaken to your core uh, and you know in your soul that whatever's going on, whatever's being spoken, that it's none other than the Holy Spirit speaking truth into your life, convicting you and shaping you. That is the rhema, the word of God, handing over the sword of the Spirit to you, to use in your life. And you may call it divine intervention. And you may call it synchronicity or coincidence. You may call it any of these things. But those are the moments when God is taking special care to speak directly into your life as he's handing you the sword of the spirit for you to use in your life to fight against the attacks of the enemy. And I pray that if there's anybody here today uh, in our presence who has heard the voice of the Lord calling out to you to take up arms, to defend yourselves, to stop living on the defensive, to take on the offensive, uh, that you would embrace this truth that Jesus Christ, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is a light into our feet, leading you to an eternal victory. An eternal victory. That God has poured out for every single one of you on the cross. It's in Jesus Christ's name that I pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you shower us this day with your grace. That, that you point us to a truth that is eternal. That in your word, whether it it is the word that we read in the Bible, whether it is the understanding that you give us through your son, Jesus Christ, or whether it is that specific word that is spoken into our hearts at a specific time with a specific meaning, the, the markings on the page in our Bible and the folded corners and the highlights, God, that those moments you help us to recognize your presence in our lives always. Do you help us to take these moments and take up the sword of your spirit 
as we go out to do battle against the fiery attacks of the enemy. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.